0: it last time dude he had the whole setup he had his camera he had my terrible now hey chris are you crushing a dr zivia yeah hey those are so good look at this chris
1: (laughs) oh look at that dude we're all hitting it that's what my daughter drinks child
0: yeah hell yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't let remy
2: it's cool that chris we finally got creole on there chris McMotherfucking broom are you recording this yeah, I restarted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people can see people can see that strong beard. You like got.
1: right now, or do I like? So be good now, or we're we gonna start it in a minute. No, no it'd be, it'd it be good now out.
2: because uh, we, can just let it, it. we can just let it naturally flow. Jesus,
1: this dude's Danny, a mess. Danny, I thought I was gonna be the mess.
0: Dan, he was incredible. way
1: better last week. <laughs> He's just so scatterbrained. Look, squirrel.
0: Can you hear us, Skinner? Dude, that was the longest delay. There was just a whole bunch of no, no noise for a second. Can you hear? Yeah.
2: With two cars. Nice. It's called a chucker.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no. I, I just chucker on every weekend with that stud. Nice.
0: Yeah. How old is, how old is Remy now?
1: One. Dude, he's only one. It's still a puppy. That's crazy. Yeah, he's doing so good. He's like a year or two ahead of where he should be. He's doing awesome. Gordy just turned five. It's fun. God, he's already five. That's crazy.
0: Dude, it's it's unreal. He's got some gray underneath his muzzle and everything. It's it's nuts. It's a trip.
1: River, nice. It's awesome. Yeah, Niner's almost thirteen. Dude. I, hey, I found an old picture of Niner on that. Uh,
0: I have to send it to you. I was looking through some old uh, some old photos from back in the Palmer days. I found a couple of good ones in Niner.
2: I think awesome. I have a few too. I have a few of of the the
1: whole crew. When I mean, there was like six dogs in one apartment.
0: <laughs> oh, that was
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> Can
1: you imagine if we did like uh, the mission trip but we got to take 30 students or 15 students, it'd be insane. Oh, it'd be Probably. Like we had that changed our career, and that was probably one of the worst people ever to run at. <laughs> Won't say any names. But yeah. Well, it was like a I've vehicle. never I've never known more than someone that has been doing it for 10 years and I've been for one. It's like we weren't even taking adjusting classes yet. And we were like, Well, I'm not gonna ask you a question. What do you think of this, Dan? <laughs> <laughs>
3: This eighty-seven-year-old was hit by a bus. Hey, Joe, can you help me? Yeah,
1: he was. <laughs> I mean, don't um, ask that other girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, she
2: was. She was. He was complaining about his shoulder, and she adjusted his neck.
1: His yeah, his been Well, you visible. see the nerves. <laughs> yeah, well, his shoulder That was been... such a
0: such a difference between the two. Well, like, was there anyone else aside from uh, Palmer West and and My Life West? Did We have any? Do we I have think anyone? Just those two, right? I was so crazy to see the difference. Like it was just, I'll never forget when that one translator came up and said something, I think she was talking to Demir or something and said something like, huh, it's funny. All of the people on this that are seeing people on this side of the room leave really happy. And all the people <laughs> who leave on this side of the room, just they seem to be like either in pain or seem to be really sore or something like that. It was like a funny. Yeah. I remember observation. This. I remember yeah.
2: This. yeah. I would say the uh, one thing going back on that, uh, on that girl's blast in the neck for that guy's shoulder when his shoulder had been dislocated uh, <laughs> for years? like 15 years <laughs> just sitting out completely atrophied like no function whatsoever and then we just sat there and tried relocating that shit and then made a trash bag <laughs> and, and then and off. then Dan he started. he started lining him.
0: people up just like dude you guys got to go to this guy <laughs> but then that guy hung around all day for Joe the rest of the time he was just like when we left on that in our in Our uh, van, he's just like waving with his good arm. He's just like, Oh, yeah, thank you. That was so funny. <laughs> it's probably just good. Goes to, yeah, it goes to, goes to show like, you know, when you have such minimal access to care like that, it's like that's that makes a big, big difference when someone who knows what they're doing pops in.
2: Yeah, that was a, that was a great time. I'll never forget also the uh, the conversations we had with the knee chest crew. Oh, dude, do you oh, remember that yeah. when we ran into them in the airport? In the,
0: we like like when i feel my pizza form. oh they brought those tables, right remember that, that guy was like lateral, lateral mass? incarnation of dd
3: palmer <laughs> the, like tall beard <laughs> i changed so
2: many people's blood pressure it was <laughs> well the problem is it's a
1: religion for them you know what i mean It's like it becomes a religion it's weird yeah no, I get... start you hang around you hang around with people who believe stuff like that
0: and pretty soon it's very easy for you to believe it too right i had a patient yeah, who but, came in who was like dude
1: i got
3: the craziest knee chest adjustment the other day i was like what
2: the
3: fuck yeah. what like, happen- I had, like,
0: like deep yeah. got i enough. got toggled one time by uh by randy waters and that was i remember leaving and being like wow i think that's like actually there's probably a little bit of like jostling of the brain like this might like if you got lots and lots of these you'd probably have some cte over the long, over the long concussion time. every time <laughs> so totally like i was like kind of like seeing stars a little bit i was like wow but it hit me in oh, legit, like legit legit better probably than just the some of the other styles of doing it where they're you know apply pressure for 10 seconds and then say yeah that'll hold <laughs> but yeah
2: so when was the last time you uh, knee and knee chest up uh, somebody in the office couple weeks.
3: <laughs>
2: no, my, uh,
3: Same thing with drop table, right? Like my uh, lifetimer, um, I got that drop table thing just because I was like when I first ordered the table when I was six, seven years ago and I've, I've never used it. I've never used it. <laughs> never used it. it was yeah.
1: <laughs> what do you guys do if they ask you uh, if you can use an activator on them? Do you just say yeah, sure, and pull it out of a little drawer and click them, or do you actually like? Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't own one. Yeah. Don't I one. usually, I know Dan I, has,
1: or the office has
0: one. Yeah, there's one in the office. I I go with the same standard thing, which is, um, you know, I'll I'll be honest. Every 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 once in a while, like maybe like once a year, there'll be one person who comes in who's seen a previous doctor, and that's what they've gotten. So I'll do it. But for the most part, if it's a new person or if it's someone who's like who's kind of curious about it. I, I just tell them the same thing, which recording? is I haven't, been, I haven't been trained in that. I, uh, I don't know how to, I don't, I can't do that. So I can refer you to someone who wants, and they're usually like, ah, well, last time I had a, you know, I had my neck adjusted. It didn't go all that well. Like, oh, well, it's kind of like getting haircuts, you know, you get a bad haircut and it's not going to put you off getting your haircut, but let's, you know, we can talk about it. And so most of the time you try not to be pushy with stuff like that, but I would rather do mobilization in someone's neck and just do some stretching and muscle work than take placebo their neck with yeah. a with a click with a click, like I I truly think that I could. There's better stuff I can just do with my hands than to just try and sell them on the idea that an activator is somehow even remotely close to wow. to an adjustment. Yeah, I can't do it. Neither can I. <clears throat> no. I remember ah. I, I remember Dominguez coming in. We were doing an outreach, and <laughs> some guy wanted it. Dominguez literally took a ballpoint pen and just started. Smacking the side of his neck and he's like, oh yeah i feel so much better but i tend damn, to
2: i've had a couple people because uh there's a the arlen fur crew is out here in phoenix oh. so every now and then i'll run into some patients that have been through there and they talk about you know i'm not checking their legs and doing all these things that way and i just tell them oh, they they uh they run into a different philosophy i just wasn't trained in it it's usually what i'll Dude, tell you Then I let them know like, and by the way, you're about to hear and feel some pops and you're going to stand up and have some serious range of motion changes. So this will be a lot different than what you just experienced at someone else's practice.
1: Yeah. I always tell patients like the reason they're using an activator is either because they can't adjust, right? They're unable to move it or they want you to have a really easy time treating someone like it requires zero effort for them to click your back. They can do that 200 times a day.
0: Oh yeah, do they, it's never
1: be a problem. Think, I was like, I don't think they do it because they think the results are better. Absolutely not. I think it's either a way to save their body or they just weren't incapable of adjusting someone manually. Agreed. I I can't imagine there ever being a
0: uh, activator doctor that goes on disability from an overuse injury unless it's a Hallis <laughs> yeah. uh, how long how is longest strain or <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Yeah, wow. it's like oh, I switch over to use mean.
2: my left hand now. I can't use my thumb. Well, that's why you get the auto. <laughs> you get the auto adjuster
3: Ah, uh, even better yeah that thing no not
2: even that one there's an activator out there that's like it's it's like censored because of all the uh like they built a bunch of electronics in it and it's just like you press a button in it think so now you don't have to spring load that's crazy wow Yep. Yeah. i'll buy you one for your birthday
1: yeah. 67 visits later, you'll be 25% better.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> or
2: natural history will real cu- real cure Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, so this would be a pretty decent transition into uh, one of the questions that someone had sent. So we'll bust out that question. So I do it word for word for you. Best ways to increase patient numbers starting off in practice as a new grad. We were all new grads at one point, so. It's been be a while. This. Getting old. Yeah. Well, part of it, I think has a lot to do with how you're deciding that you're going to practice.
0: Yeah. It also depends on the, the style of practice that you're going for. And if you're going to work in a, in an existing clinic or you're starting on your own or whatever. And I, I mean, I'll just jump in and give you my two cents real quick. I think the best thing you can do is be out there and meeting people and do it in a way where it's, it feels authentic and you're not just, you know, out to meet people to get patients. Like being involved in the community and just, you know, joining a gym or, you know, going to a yoga studio or whatever, and just let it, you know, organically turn out that you're also a chiropractor and that people, you know, might ultimately come and see it down the line. I think you have to also think of the long and the short game at the same time. So in a very short game, something as simple as just going to to a place like a gym or a studio and, and, and talking to a few trainers and being like, Hey, what, what kind of stuff are you dealing with, with your with your clients. Or do, you, do you need any help? Do you need someone on your team who can be a, you know, an asset to you as well and not doing it in a kind of a cheesy salesy way? I think like we already have a reputation for being like that. And I think that it's really nice when, when you can just come across as just a regular person who's trying to promote their business in a good ethical way. Um, and just make connections like as many connections as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And just to
3: piggyback on that, I think uh, you just provide value to people um, and everything else kind of takes care of itself. You know, in the beginning, your networking numbers just are not big. You know, your network is small. And so getting out there in, in, increases your network size. But then like when you're out there in front of the people, like Dan said, you're not at like a mall you know, doing a spinal screening, Um, you know, I did, we did things like I worked for an office for a year as an associate right out of school before I opened up my own clinic. And one of the actually the better ideas that I thought the chiropractor had was um, like teacher appreciation events or nurse appreciation events, things like that. And you just go to like a school and you provide like 10, 15 minutes of like tissue work to these teachers. You talk to them, you just tell them like, Hey, you know, maybe show them a stretch or two. And they're just so appreciative of it. And a lot of them come, come as patients because, um, you know, they have pretty physical days and they have low back pain or neck pain and things like that. It's a great way to just like slowly get your name out there as like a value add, as opposed to just kind of like, uh, Hey, uh, one of your shoulders is
1: higher than the other. You should probably get that cured. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, dude. I always, I always said like, if you want to grow your practice, the more people that know your name, the more referrals you're going to get. It's just that simple. So connect with your community, get out there and meet a bunch of people, more people that know your name, the better. But when I, the way I got patients the most is I didn't think I could convince someone to come into me because I told them I'm good. Right. Like, of course you think you're good, right. You get people to come in when you get referrals, right. That's the way it works. I'm like, all right, who can refer me the most patients. That's who I'm going to connect with. That's like, Uh, massage therapists, uh, PTs, right? Chiropractors that are busy. And so like, I I went to a lot of those people, Uh, trainers were huge. And I would just go sit down with them, talk to them, work on each other, do little trades. And then when they say like, Hey, this chiropractor is actually pretty legit. The massage therapist says that that person comes to you without question. It's not you talking yourself up, it's someone else. that worked for me and i am fuck i've gotten hundreds of patients from just massage therapists alone it's probably my biggest referral source that are trainers and coaches Mm -hmm. yeah that's such
0: a good point man
1: That, that doing
0: trades is such an easy approachable way to start something up like that like even if you're you know even if you are experienced in training or something like that going in with the uh the intent of meeting someone and not necessarily wanting them to refer people to you but just saying hey I could use a massage. I could use this and we're both profile or I could use some personal training or like I, I, I do a trade with people who cut my hair and stuff like that. So it's like, it's, um, that was probably at Demir as well, but people, people who, who have the opportunity to, to see what you're capable of will be the ones who will, who will refer you. So that's such, yeah, I agree a hundred percent with what Chris said. That's such a good piece of advice too. Yeah.
1: I think paying people too is like, I don't know, like I don't know if you guys have this. So if a massage therapist comes into you and they pay you to get adjusted and you're bullshitting with them, you're talking about what they do, I send those people a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, you actually came here. You like what I do. You're willing to pay for it. Now, like, I feel like I got to return the favor by sending you people. It's always wondering, you know, like, maybe you just go in and get a massage, pay a hundred bucks, like, enjoy it, bullshit with them. And then I guarantee they'll send you some people if they're like, we say
2: yeah, I would say yeah. all of us have had a pretty similar way of, of meeting people and kind of authentically creating, uh, nice relationships with people and they get to know us and they, they're not, like you said, you don't have to sell yourself. And, you know, we all have that confidence that, you know, even when they've seen other chiropractors, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll do this better than them. And you, and you're confident yeah. enough to know that when that person lays on your table, just let them on my table, I'll do the rest. And, uh, for me, when I was in Sacramento working for the guy I worked for, he didn't really hand me too many patients every now and then he would give me somebody he would be like, Oh, this could be a good one for you. They were active. Um, but I, I really nuzzled up in the CrossFit community. Cause at the time I was really enjoying doing CrossFit and trying to get competitive with it. So I could say ahead of you guys in regards to my fitness, and, uh, <laughs> but I walked into that gym and I, I went there to train. I did not go there with the intention to, you know, okay, I'm going to put my card up in this file where everyone else has Mm -hmm. their cards. There is maybe four different chiropractors, a couple PTs and massage therapists that have their cards up there. I was there for a couple months until, you know, the owners were like, Oh, so tell me more about yourself. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, I just, I just graduated chiropractic school. I was told to come train at rock and CrossFit because they're gonna make me strong and fit. And like, you're a chiropractor? Oh my gosh, we have a couple that train here. You should meet them. And it's like, oh great. And then you meet them and you're like, God, these guys are cheese balls. And they're telling people, you know, they're they're very quick to tell someone like they shouldn't do something. When they're there for they're doing it themselves. I'm like, these fucking assholes. And, yeah. uh, and so I, I just, when I finally treated the owners, you know, they saw how I worked. They thought it was different and you know, before I left, I was treating 90% of that whole entire gym. So I would say coaches were really valuable to my business and still are today. Um, granted, I'm, I'm in a gym, so the coaches and I have wonderful relationships. Um, massage therapists too, local to here, they sent me a lot of people. I went out and met um, other uh, practitioners like DOs, MDs, um, explained myself and just had coffee with them just to get to know them better. A friend of a friend that happens to know someone who went to someone. If they think they're a good practitioner, uh, I tried keeping my, like my, I guess my circle of my network, uh, really high caliber, because then I can really trust them when I send someone over there and, and have the confidence that they're going to do really well. So, for instance, if I if I have a case and I refer them away from me, um, they're gonna they're gonna say, Wow, Joe made a good decision. That's really cool. And then that practitioner themselves, is Oh, wow. Joe sent me somebody. And then they're like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I should send this person over to Joe too. So then it just becomes this really nice symbiotic relationship. That's just constantly rolling over. And then also staying really connected with them, like telling them, Hey, I'm sending you this person and let's collaborate and make sure that we can keep this person healthy and also educating the patient through that. So yeah getting out there and making solid relationships is important and not being forced. Like don't, Don't just walk into a CrossFit gym and be like, I'm going to start CrossFit today because I'm going to get a lot of patience or I'm going to go start doing yoga because I'm going to get a lot of patience. It's like, if you like running, just go join a running group because you're already doing that thing and it's very natural to you. Or if you like water basket
1: weaving, then go do that too. Dude, I used to do cover work for people when I first started. So I would go cover their practice and I'd be like, I can do four hour days three days a week or whatever when i had no patients and holy shit i didn't poach any of those people but they found me <laughs> it, was, it was amazing yeah.
3: it's like that's oh, it, that's yeah, a, maybe
1: like this one chiropractor retired dude and like i don't know 80 patients came within the first month of him retiring because i saw them while he was there this yeah. is crazy Yeah. yeah i remember when you said that i was like this is a really dangerous move for some of these chiropractors, it's a bad idea but yeah (laughs) one one chiropractor called me he's a pretty humble dude so he's not like he's not very cocky and he was like hey man um i can't have you cover me anymore (laughs) and i was like why he's like my patients like you more he just straight (laughs) said that i was like oh shit (laughs) sorry dude (laughs) <laughs> i had one patient i was in there for four minutes and she's like this was the most thorough visit i've ever had in my life it's like, holy <laughs> shit insane uh, but it did work right. i mean you, you don't want to be a scumbag over there like hey come see me a mile don't do that but yeah definitely like just providing good care and then if the circumstance comes where they can't get in there or the guy retires or whatever it's perfect yeah I, and fuck dude if I, I had someone cover my practice and people went to that chiropractor. That's on me.
2: Yeah,
3: exactly. You know what
1: I mean? Like, they like that dude better. That's a hundred percent on me. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. I've had, I've had the same situation with big B over here in in Phoenix, you know, where I've helped him out and he's helped me out. But I think, uh, I think a lot of it does really come down to like, not just personality and treatment, but like that interaction, that little moment, where you're working on these people i mean when you actually ask them like so how when you genuinely ask them how their day is going or how did that feel or how are you feeling now like, a lot of them don't yeah even question you know stand up and yeah watch. does that feel better versus just okay you're done yeah just lay down and bye yeah That's
0: it. <laughs> you, you kind of got to take a look around and see what the status quo is and like what what people's expectations are like i think that idea of like You know, a lot of people are already, you know, probably feeling like they know what they're going to get before they even show up at someone's office. They have an idea. And if you can kind of over deliver on what their expectations are, then it doesn't matter. You're just going to, you know, win that person over. And, and very often that's where you get like friends and family that are coming in from that person too. Yeah, Like, you know, the amount of times where someone has come in and they're like, oh my God, you know what? I feel like my wife needs to come in and see you too, because she's kind of scared of chiropractors, but you actually were really, you know, you were really gentle and nice. And like, I feel like she'd actually, like you'd be a good person for her to see. Yeah. Like that's, that's awesome.
2: To build on top of what you just said. Another thing that I would do quite a bit actually um, was Geiger would always, uh, whenever a new patient came in, he would, he would mail them, you know, like gift receipts so that they can send to give to a friend or a family member so that they can have a discounted rate. Me, I just sent them my card. Like, I was like, "Hey, give these cards out to a friend or family member or someone you think I could help," and uh, and send them over to me. The, and when I moved to Arizona, instead of doing like an email or anything like that, I just flat out asked my patients for to send me people because they don't know if I'm busy or not. You know, they have no clue what my schedule really looks like. So when I was first starting off, I would tell them like, "Hey, if you think I can help someone else, I." I would love to. And uh, please send them, please send them my number. I need patients. I was just straight up with them. They're like, really? You need people? I'm like, yeah, I just started three weeks ago. Yeah, I'm just twiddling my thumbs and doing bicep
0: curls in the corner of this gym. I want to get my hands yeah. on. That's such a good, honest approach too, because like the more that you, you know, people probably recognize, you know, Oh, you're, you move from California, you're starting brand new. It's not like you're working in tech where you can do it remotely. It's like you literally show up somewhere and you can be the, best adjuster best clinician in the world but if you relocate thousands of miles away you're going to be slow and so no one knows your name (laughs) yeah exactly and so i think
2: i grew up here i know a lot of people but that doesn't doesn't change anything like just because i grew up with them doesn't mean they're going to come lay on my table
0: yeah and you're not going to treat every you're not practice isn't just built on people you know it's like you people are going to get to know you through treatment and through through your practice so yeah and you Need know, another, I still have
3: I feel like I still have referrals coming in like from three, four, five years ago where you had percent and uh you know you at, at value add for somebody and they told somebody about you and then that person just you know waited around until whatever they came to see you for got bad enough and they were like, Oh yeah, you know what? This guy told me about this guy a while ago. I'm gonna go see him. Um so like you never know when and how people are gonna see you. So just like put, you keep putting yourself out there. And I think you gotta like invest a specific amount of time to like growth, you know? Like you always talk about working in your practice or working on your practice, right? That old, uh cliche, um, but it's true. Like you can't just, you know, twiddle your thumbs or just kind of like sit around. Like you gotta work on that thing um, and you gotta make plans for it. Um, you know you have a specific good. way of getting yourself out there is so important um otherwise it's not
1: going to come quickly yeah yeah i did every every like monday morning i would be like all right i gotta set up three meetings this week so i would yeah. find like two massage therapists and a trainer and i'd text them or call them set it up and I'm like all right i did my shit for the week now That's it. So, yeah now i do nothing yeah. <laughs> what's your first thought when you think of CrossFit? Yeah. What was that? What's your first thought when you think CrossFit? Like when someone, when a patient asks you, what do you think of CrossFit? I know you guys get asked that shit all the time, right? Yeah. Is that the question? Is that like what that guy wanted? I think that's,
0: I think that's what the question was getting at. Mm -hmm. Also, I can't help but notice that Demir's got a hoodie. Yeah, I got a hoodie. Yeah, oh you he were a...
1: here when he was talking about it. he got everyone. I got Hello. you. Do you do? Yeah, Dude. but he got you a,
2: he got you a medium.
1: A medium.
0: I, I need I need an extra large. My my t-shirt's getting I'm getting it's because I've been doing so much CrossFit. Oh segue. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all the so crossfit. Uh great when done properly, but very hard because you add the competition factor to it, right? So now like, if you're doing squat cleans for time and you're you're doing them perfect, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like you have good form, you have good technique, you're recovering properly in between reps, you're gonna be fine, it's actually really good for you. But asshole John next to me is a little chubby and he's beating my ass, I can't lose, right? That's so now joke. I'm gonna compromise my spine, right? Like, Joe, the amount of times I broke my back trying to beat that dude in the CrossFit Open, right?
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Or when we could be <laughs> like, that's the problem with CrossFit, sure the competition.
2: Look, <laughs> front squat where you look like a shitting dog. Let's yeah. post well, that, the thing, that like,
1: picture
0: on the, on the YouTube video. That'll be the, the title picture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell my friends all the this. time, dude, CrossFit is perfect if you can check your ego. If you can't, it's probably, you're probably fucked.
2: Yeah, well, it's also like, well, what's the what what's what do we mean by CrossFit? Are we just talking like as a fitness modality, or as the competition, or as a training modality? No, for as, a, like, as a
3: fitness modality, like no, it's, one's, it's, no one's doing competitions.
2: There. Yeah, well, it was well, just fitness modality. That's, that's, sure, it's a fine option. I think there's better options for people. There's smarter options. For the most part, it's like, do you have the capacity to lift your arms overhead? Yes or no. If you don't, CrossFit's probably going to be a pretty shitty option for you. Cause you got to do a boatload of pull-ups and more than likely, depending on the gym and the coach, there's, they're not going to coach you through uh, a decent option for you, which might be like ring rows or something like that uh, as you're potentially gaining range of motion in your shoulder to go up overhead. So you can finally do a pull-up, but most people are just jamming their shoulders into, you know, some sort of impingement while they're doing that shit. Um, and I, I love CrossFit personally. But I also think that, uh, in the wrong hands, it's definitely not a good recipe. And that tends to be more often than not, but uh, to the same token, right. They might just be like, all right, well, I'll just go bodybuild. Next thing you know, they're doing military press and you're in the same fucking scenario. So it's like, people need to understand like how their bodies are moving and what it's capable of doing. And no one really knows that until you actually lay them on a table
1: and assess it pretty simple can this person there's no answer for everyone right we're all different yeah i think you just gotta take it you
3: know uh case by case like i have a uh like a 61 year old woman who like loves loves crossfit you know i mean obviously she like modifies a lot of the stuff and regresses everything but like she loves the idea of going to that class like working crazy hard having a strength thing having a metcon um, For the most part, she keeps herself safe. You know, she overdoes it within her shoulders a little bit. But, like, I don't tell her, like, you shouldn't be, you know, doing this. This is bad for you. Like, it's still better for her, in my opinion, than, like, not doing anything or uh, just running or something like, you know, monotonous, stupid like that. And then there's people, like, that clearly sh- shouldn't be doing that. Fuck anything. running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so uh, I think it's just like a case by case. I used to be more like, uh, you know, bro or, you know, anti. I feel like I've gone through like, uh, um, you know, back and forth. And now I'm kind of like, look, man, if this is what you love, I'm going to help you do it. But I'm also going to show you how to stay safe. You know, that's and that's the same thing if they came in yeah. and they're like, I, I ride bulls or whatever else. I'm like, all right, uh, I'll do my best.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, we work with people that, oh. Well, at least I should say, I work with people that get punched and kicked in the head for a living. So who am I to tell them that they shouldn't be doing that? I'll thank you To the face person just be like, you know, you really shouldn't be doing CrossFit. <laughs> like, it's just, it just seems silly. You know, I'm not going to be that guy that tells someone they shouldn't be doing something. We'll just teach them how to do it a little bit better and safer. Yeah.
0: But you know what, the interesting thing with that, Joe, is that when you're going in, you're a combat athlete you know that there's a risk of getting knocked out i think the biggest issue with crossfit is that there there tends to be this belief that there's a coach there watching you so therefore i'm probably not going to get injured because someone's looking out for my best interest and i think like chris was saying too if you're competitive and, and i think there's a certain type of person that is gravity like gravitates towards that um you're kind of in a you're it's a perfect recipe right you've got a competitive environment you've got a group setting where there's probably at least eight to 10, maybe more people in a class and people doing like advanced lifts under load, under fatigue. And, uh, there's a cheerleader. Yeah. There's a a cheerleader mentality to it, which I think is like, I, I personally love competitive CrossFit. I think it's so cool to see people push their bodies. Do I like it for general population? No, it's not my, it's not even my, in my top five recommendations, but I I think that people doing some metabolic conditioning and doing some weightlifting is a good combination, but there's, I can, I can count on my hand the amount of people I've met that should be doing snatches. You know what I mean? A lot of people are doing things way outside of their pay grade. So I think that if you go to the right gym and you find a person who can help you figure out what kind of stuff you need to do as far as scaling your activity and, and making sure that like, you know, you give people a little bit of what they want, but also what they need and you start to fit the exercise to the goals and if someone's trying to lose weight, I don't think CrossFit is going to be the best way to go. If someone's trying to get jacked and tanned, I don't think it's the best way for them to, like, you could choose something else. You could do, like, a, a mix of cardio and weight training or some something that, you know, maybe is a little bit more fun for them. If they're just trying to lose weight, you could get them doing, like, I don't know, cardio boxing or something, like, something different. But that also has its own potentials for injury and for overuse and for, you know, the competitive drive getting people, you know, beat up so i won't pick on crossfit i don't think that that's necessarily fair but like yeah I was thinking jiu like,
1: yeah <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly right <laughs> well that's thing. i'm trying to lose i weight, choke so friends
3: like, in a padded room like <laughs>
0: yeah it's a I, I think it's ACL reconstruction yeah yeah it's all it's also about people's tolerance to trying different stuff because i think what it is is a lot of people are afraid of like when they first get into strength training a lot of people are nervous and there may be a little sensitive about it. And the cool thing is CrossFit has a great community vibe around it. And I think what I hope happens is that we eventually step beyond that and we start to welcome more people into that community in various different types of strength conditioning. So it becomes more of like a general sense of like, hey, let's take all the good and let's discard all of the bad and then let's kind of move things forward a little bit better. So.
1: Do you think the way to fix it is to take the competitive nature out of it, or do you think that's what pushes people? It's a kind of a hard, like, you don't want to like push too hard, so you get hurt. But if you don't push, then you're just the same, you don't get better. I'm always like, you got to be on that line, right? The line to where you like, if you cross the line, you get injured. If you're not close to the line, you don't improve, right? Yeah. If you you stay way low, you're just going to be this. Is that dude who has been lifting the same way he did 20, 10 push-ups 10 years ago. He still does 10 push-ups. Yes. You know, it's so like he it never got
2: better. It's kind of like their perceived intensity, right? Yeah. So how hard they think they're going. Um, I I mean, because everybody's out there designing their own workouts, right? They're going to be like, all right, today we're doing a chipper. We're going to start off with 50 calories on the bike. That's your buy-in. And then we're going to do 50 calories on the bike as a buy-out. But in between, we're going to do 50 burpee box jumps, 50 power cleans, 50 wall balls and then 50 burpee box jumps, 50 power cleans, and then you're finishing with the bike. It's like where you're pushing, I think where people try to push their intensities more often than not, they're they're choosing a modality when they're going through there. Like you can push the bike, but it might set you up for failure moving forward in, in regards to like your breathing patterns at the very beginning. Um, so like being educated on like how to go through a workout. And, like, what the intention is behind a workout is very important. And I feel like CrossFit just kind of throws shit at the wall and sees what sticks. Dan, yeah. what do you think yeah. of that? Workout? Unless you have a good coach. Dan,
1: Unless what
0: you have do a good do you think coach. That workout that he just talked I I was getting angry
2: just hearing you <laughs> Me too. But is there a dumber <laughs> way to cause... gain fitness than something like that? I only, <laughs> well, said, the- I only said burpee box jump just to trigger you a little bit. Um, it's but, very triggering. Again, you know. Like, <laughs> Being able to do that, a- workouts is it's, it's having an intention behind it, you know, because like we'll use with Courtney and your car, you know, I'll use like let's call it like CrossFit mixed modality of training in their uh in their training, but we're gonna pick things that they're really good at, they're skilled at. And I'm gonna tell them where I want them to start picking up pace or focusing more on, you know, breaking certain things up. Like if there's gonna be a, a random work, like let's just say 50 kettlebell swings somewhere in their workout. I want them to break up those those kettlebell swings I don't want them I want them to have efficient swings I want them to have efficient form I want them to rest properly and then they're going to swing maybe for 10 drop the bell take a second shake it out go back into it really small rest interval it's not they're not well, what? anybody
1: what's a better form of group exercise then Skinner well, right. I cause like, look, like, cause there's a you, everything we always talk about question. when we try to improve, like we always try to improve these fitness programs. Right. But we're at it. We're at a, like a pay line there. Right. Right. These guys are paying 180 bucks a month for a membership. But we talk about like specifying the workout to that person's needs so they don't get injured. And so they improve. Now you're looking at like a $400 a month, $500 a month. Right. So it's hard for me to like, I don't know that I have a better recommendation than CrossFit that covers the most base i don't know i don't think it's I yoga think, i don't think it's pilates i don't think, I think <laughs> they all have their weaknesses and their strengths i think they're all well, good
0: it's also that i don't think there's anything that covers the base for everybody and i think that maybe the most important thing to do is to go back and actually like what like you know when people use that word functional movement like what does that even mean like what does like when we're talking about crossfit what does that mean in my opinion that's talking about like the glassman og crossfit which is mo- varied movements done at high intensity with you know all these other you know all this other rhetoric around it and i think back to like the dot-com programming where it was like just joe brought up a perfect example it's like every day felt like a random workout and it's like the uh, the whole philosophy behind it was like oh you can never be prepared for the un- unexpected so you have to you have to do all this training that looks kind of random now that has a lot of appealing things to it the first thing is it's really appealing to coaches because it's fucking easy to make a workout joe just made a workout and i guarantee you that that's very similar to the kind of workouts that people get in their crossfit gyms but what, do i think that cross like what crossfit has become now is bad i don't think so because i know a lot of great gyms where people program really really intelligently but that takes time it takes effort and it takes people who give a shit because I know just as many other coaches and gyms where they're just basically they have someone like Joe there writing these workouts. You'd just be a monkey on a typewriter, hacking away, and then you just put numbers and exercises next to each other with no real intention for the order that you're doing them in, which ones you're going to emphasize doing, you know, with good you know form and rest, and which ones you're going to use for like your your burnout at the end, which that that in and of itself is just kind of a like the language we even use around exercise is so funny. Like this idea that you need to just fucking blow out the gas line at the end of your workout to, to have a good successful workout. is just crazy. And I think didn't um, you read
1: David Goggins new book, dude, come on. Yeah.
0: Dude, Goggins is, Goggins is, is the opposite is a very, very inspiring dude. He's, but he's a character, you know, like that, like no. do you want any of your patients to apply a hundred percent of the Goggins logic? Like it would be that you you'd see them for the rest of your life. You'd have like you'd be working on yes yes
1: yes I do yes I do. (laughs) But (laughs)
0: here's an idea for But like hey just just one just one one second here quick Joe. Um the last thing I just wanted to say was this idea that like having the hardest thing to teach someone is the difference between pain and discomfort. And I think what you're doing is you're chasing discomfort in a workout because you want a person like you're not going to grow unless you're uncomfortable. But If you push that red line too far, now you're flirting with injury and nobody is impervious to injury. Like, like I've, I've trained people for years and even under the best watchful eye, well, even under my watchful eye with what I thought was the best form, people still can hurt themselves. And that can be just from, you know, excessive loading. It can be from under recovering. The person might have had a shitty sleep the night before they might not have, you know, maybe their breathing got a little ahead of them. Something went wrong. And so no one's going to get out of life alive. Like we're all going to have injuries as we go through it. But I think that making better decisions ultimately lead to less of that happening.
2: Yeah. So this is a good place to cut it off. Chris, thanks for joining. And on this one, Dan Demir, wonderful. Still time for people to sign up for the March seminar in Davenport, Iowa. So again, we'll put all the things below in the show notes uh also on the youtube page we'll put the discount in there early 100 we'll save you 100 bucks highly recommend not procrastinating just get on there sign up we're gonna blow your minds especially if the guy right down on my corner if he shows up we're, we're gonna have a damn
0: good time we're gonna check it go. out it's gonna be awesome yeah see all you right. guys all right thanks for that see guys. It was really fun.